I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, reporting live from an undisclosed location in DFW. It is an honor to bring back Josh Kirby. Josh, what's going on, brother? I'm doing well, Alex. Thanks for having me on this uh, recap. I really enjoyed doing the preview with you, and I'm glad to be back on the um, recap of this um, interesting game, uh, so to speak. It was, well, I was very surprised of the outcome, to say the least. Well, I figured, you know, since I did the preview with you, as you are the host of the Kirby on Sports podcast, by the way, which is an amazing show. I figured since you did great on the preview, and since you are a supporter of the Washington football team, since there's a chemistry between us, I mean, I'm the Cowboys, you're the Washington football team, I felt like it was only fitting to have you back for the recap. Yeah, amen, brother. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate the kind words. Well, you're, you're absolutely uh, welcome. And, you know, It's just good to have good chemistry with fellow podcasters, but unfortunately today was not a good day for me, but it was okay. It was a good day for you, but was it, was it really a good win for the Washington football team? I mean, you know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say. Was it really a great win for Washington? Well, the, I, I I look I look at this game, and I looked at our performance, and Washington's performance looked a lot better than past games, and um. I yeah, I look at this and I'm like, did Washington make a change to do things completely different to be better? Because you look here and Kyle Allen looked really good. Antonio Gibson was on a tear today and like a career high. Washington had a career high in rushing in the first half alone, I think, in this season. But um, I look at this. Did Washington do something different, or was the opponent they were playing just that bad? And I, I really think Dallas was just that bad, unfortunately. And um, they only put up three points against Washington. And you, you look at this Washington team. They started off the drive uh, like same old Washington. They. Uh, get stopped at the goal line on fourth down um, after a Terry McLaurin touchdown pass was overturned because he didn't break the plane. That was typical stuff that you usually see on a first drive for Washington. But, uh, I I mean, looking at this game, I I really think Dallas's defense did not play well at all. And um, it, it was just... Exciting to see Washington do well, but I just think it was because Dallas was that bad, unfortunately. Well, you're right. Dallas is absolutely terrible. All cylinders, offense, defense, and even the coaching deserves blame. Okay, and unfortunately for Washington, while it's it feels good for them to have to pick up their first win uh, against Dallas since 2018. At the same time, I mean, people will say, yeah, they beat a horrible Cowboys defense. But then again, a win is a win. Yes, the Cowboys are god-awful. Things just got 
worse. I mean, things are just getting worse, I should say. Not got it, because it's still getting worse. And it's still a young season. It's still going to be a long season, okay? I mean, Zeke, another bad game from Zeke. I mean, I'm looking at the total yards. Dallas had less than 100 passing yards and rushing yards. That is absolutely humiliating. No offensive line. Nothing, okay? Total of six sacks, okay? And when Andy Dalton had to fumble that ball, then Dalton Schultz, you know, runs into the end zone to recover. That's a safety. I knew from that point on, we were screwed. We were done. There is no getting through this. We are incapable of winning another game. So I'm making this early prediction. Dallas is going to go 2-14. and 14. They cannot win another game. I'm sorry, but with how totally disoriented this team is, there is no passion, there's no heart, there's no concentration. There is absolutely nothing positive going on with the team right now. Absolutely nothing. Well, you, you really can't win a football game with Zeke Elliott only putting up 45 yards. You, you can't. And it, it's proven by other games I've seen this season. You have to have a complete football game, the offense, the defense, and the special teams and none of that was shared by the Dallas Cowboys and Washington capitalized um and usually Washington does not capitalize but in this game Washington capitalized and um off their mistakes and I I, I just want to give a shout out shout out to Cole Holcomb player of the game he he got in there got a couple sacks got an interception and uh, I I go back Washington just really capitalized off of Dallas's mistakes. I mean, and that's what you have to do, okay? And another keyword, mistakes, okay? Here's one mistake. After Tony Pollard has that 66-yard kickoff return, okay? The first play was good with Amari Cooper. And then that third, that play that made it a waste, you know, Kellen Moore pulls off a little Jason Garrett trick, goes on the ultra-conservative play calling, and then tries a, tries a screen pass on third down. What the fuck was that? Forget, I'm sorry, forgive the language, but I, I, I gotta say it like this because the disappointment comes from the how sometimes the play calling is absolutely questionable, okay? Do not do screenplays on a third and ten. I mean, I don't know if it was a screenplay, but we saw the, the pass. It, it was not a deep pass. It was like a side pass. It, was, it failed miserably. We got nothing out of it, okay? And we had to sell for three points when we could have easily, easily gotten seven, okay? Like I said, this team is disoriented, there are doubts on every single cylinder. And like I said, it's the offense, the defense, and even the coaching staff, okay? The, the, okay, right now, there's no there's no positive vibe on the team, that's for sure, okay? Because after we heard that, you know, the players calling out the coaches, yeah, there's no positive vibe. That's why the whole team is completely disoriented. And that's why I'm not exaggerating when I say the Cowboys are not going to win another game. If you think I'm exaggerating, guys, I'm sorry, but face the facts. There's nothing right about this team. What makes you think things, uh, quick changes like that happen tomorrow are going to make a difference? I mean, nothing's going to make a difference now. Yeah, um, you look at this Cowboys team, and in years past, they're usually around 500 or above. And the, this has probably been one of the worst Cowboys teams I have seen in all my years. I I don't think I've ever seen a worse Dallas Cowboys team. I mean, many say, and this goes to the old school fans that were around, you know, since the 70s and 80s, and you know, even the 60s, 
this could be the worst Cowboys team ever. Well, I uh, I mean, yeah, I I'd be. I'd be one to say that because I, I feel like the culture in Dallas has been lost after those reports last week about uh, blaming the coaching staff and stuff. And I have a prime example getting later on into the show. But I, I really think the culture in Dallas has been lost. And once that happens, it's hard to get a team back and going strong and winning football games after that. Well, to the players who want to call out the coaching staff my advice to them is you know what if you want to make things right do it right on the freaking gridiron dude do your job get to the quarterback make a play for god's sake offensive line as depleted as it is it could still do something if it puts the effort okay there's too much quitting on this team they're giving up they have no faith in themselves they have no confidence in themselves for god's sake you can't play football that way that's that's why there's no confidence there's no passion there's no leadership there is no heart that's another reason why they are disoriented. The whole team. It's like a, a shiny glass vase. It fell. It shattered into a millions of pieces. There's no gluing it back together. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Look, because, look, the fact that there's only... The Cowboys averaged 2.6 yards per play, okay? A third and 12, third down efficiency, okay? Sacked six times, okay? And, and you know what? And, and honestly... To be honest, Dallas is lucky that Washington scored only 25 points, okay? Because if, if Washington was really, you know, that's another thing. They scored 25 points against the worst team in the league, the worst defense. It could have it could have been 49-3 for all I know. That's no exaggeration. But somehow the defense still managed to make these stops. But the offense could not do anything in response, okay? And what we have to talk about, okay... Is that, you know, Dallas, the worst rushing defense, and Washington coming in this game with the worst rushing offense, okay? Worse versus worse, but the worst defense is always going to lose the worst offense, okay? Sometimes it's the other way around, but in this case, clearly, the worst rushing offense got the better of the worst rushing defense in the league. And that doesn't surprise me. But what we have to talk about, okay, that hit on Andy Dalton. I know that you're not proud of it, but I'll be honest... Uh, since there's, there's always these fans who are disgusting that really like it, seeing p players feel from rival teams get hurt. That was a dirty play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, John Bostic, it it was uncalled for. It was ill-advised. It was illegal. And it, I, I was really confused by it because I saw that hit from Bostic. Then they immediately went to a commercial break. And I was like, what happened? After the commercial break, you see John Bostic walking off into the locker room. I assumed he got injured, but later on on Twitter, I realized that John Bostic got ejected for that hit. Rightfully and so. Andy, and uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a play where Andy Dalton was giving himself up, and John Bostic went in with the shoulder to his helmet and. Knocked his helmet off, essentially. And um, going into my point about the culture of this team in this rivalry, you see that hit on John uh, that John Bostic made on Andy Dalton. And who on the Cowboys defended their quarterback? Nobody. Who? Nobody. Yeah. I'm disgusted, who? dude. I'm dis I mean, I don't know what's more disgusting in this scenario, Josh. The fact that a, a Washington football player, you know, had a dirty, dangerous hit on a cowboy as he was sliding, 
or the fact that none of Andy Dalton's teammates stood up for the guy. I get it, the referees would have, you know, blew the whistle, there probably would have been a scuffle, but still, stand up for your teammate, man. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to go on and say this could have been a, a huge fight that broke out, but I'm surprised nothing happened. I thought at least somebody would get in John Bostick's face or something, and then teams would start scuffling, but there was nothing. No, nobody on Dallas's team really cared, it seemed like, and that goes back to my point about the culture being lost in Dallas. Mike McCarthy in his post-game press conference mentioned that he didn't like the rea reaction of his team after that hit not sticking up for their quarterback in Andy Dalton. And rightfully so, John Bostic will probably get suspended and fined for that illegal dirty hit. There's no place for that. There's honestly no place for that. You could have just touched him. For crying out loud, just touched him because he was giving himself up. Don't throw the shoulder into the helmet and cost your team costly penalty yards to keep the drive going. And I, I, I was very ashamed to see that. Um, and uh, obviously, I wish Andy Dalton all the best. And um, But, jeez, what, what a play that was. What a disgraceful play from John Bostic. Yeah, seriously, do better because yeah, players need to learn. I, I know the gameplay moves fast and there are split se second decisions, but something like that could have easily been avoided if you just hopped over Andy Dalton and just touched him. L literally, just maybe tapped him to the ground just to make sure the play was dead and he was down by contact. Right. That's going to be what if. What if that happened? Maybe Andy Dalton would have been fine. But really, even though there was that penalty, I mean, really, Dallas did nothing about it. I mean, maybe on that one play, I mean, Ben DiNucci, uh, the rookie out of uh, James Madison University, comes in. He had that one big play to Omari Cooper, and that was it. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Ben DiNucci, you know, and I swear, you know, no matter how I said that people already want Andy Dalton's head, I swear to God, I go on Twitter and I say, and I swear that these same Cowboy fans, that's the problem with the fan base, they start throwing insults at Ben DiNucci. I'm like, okay. Normally, I would pull a little the Riddler thing on them. I would say, riddle me this. How the hell is it his fault if he has no offensive line? That's the same situation with Andy Dalton. But you know what? Because the fact that they, have, they won't even have a response. But the fact is, because they don't understand football, it's not worth it to ask them because they just don't know the sport. I mean, it's not worth say, it's not worth wasting the breath, wasting the energy. Overall, it's just not worth wasting your time. If Andy don't, if uh, Ben DiNucci had an offensive line, I'm sure he would have had a hell of a game. He probably would have had a comeback, for all I know. I mean, here, here's the problem, Josh. There's a lot of fans who believe that just because a guy was drafted in his fifth, sixth, or seventh round went to a small school, they think that he's not good enough. You know, at the end of the day, who the hell cares where he went, okay? Because in history, we've seen a lot of players from smaller schools succeed more than players who went to big schools, okay? Because for, there's a track record with, with players from big schools. A lot of them bust out of the NFL, okay? And it turns out the guys who went to the smaller schools end up having the hell of the careers, okay? But but my point is, is I, I just don't like it when just because a player goes to a small school, people don't have faith in him. I mean, quit judging the book by the cover. Well, um, Alex... Ben DiNucci, I really loved watching him play because James Madison is only an hour from where I am located. 
and um, I, I know a lot about JMU. And JMU is not really a small school. Yes, they are in the FBS, they're not in the FCS, but they have made multiple runs to the championship. And they won a championship down the road, but some championships they lost to the dominant powerhouse North Dakota State University. But you look at Ben DiNucci, and he had 3,441 career passing yards with 29 T, not career, 3,441 passing yards in 29 TDs and in 2019. Uh, the league's different from college to the pros. Ben DiNucci is still young, but, yeah, I, I mean, he was a great quarterback at JMU, and uh, I'm hoping Dallas can mold him into a successful quarterback in years to come in the league, wherever he may end up. I'm not saying it won't be Dallas, but still, you got to give the kid time. It's his second, it's his second half game playing in Dallas, if I'm correct. But yeah, you can't call for his head that early. But but Ben DiNucci has played good football for James Madison in years past. And James Madison is a great college franchise located in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So that, that was one of the great things I pulled from this game, watching Ben DiNucci, sort of a local guy, playing um, for the Cowboys today. See, the problem is uh, those fans that hate Ben DiNucci, those fans at the same time, they're calling for the Cowboys to trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. To be honest, it does not make a difference. It does not make a difference because the offensive line is so badly depleted and everybody they have right now can't be trusted. There's no offensive line, so it doesn't matter who's at, who's at the helm. Whether it's Dak, whether it's Dalton, whether it's Garrett Gilbert, who's currently on the... who's I don't know how his activity is going right now. He was inactive last I heard. He's likely to be uh, active for the next game against Philadelphia as the backup. But the problem is, it doesn't matter who's that quarterback. If the Cowboys somehow even had Tom Brady or somehow Eli Manning came out of retirement and signed with Dallas, which will not happen, just making an example, it won't, it won't make a difference. With that offensive line that's awful like that, no matter who's under center, they're going to get pounded. Um, let me give you a tweet from Chuck Modi on Twitter at Chuck Modi one. Andy Dalton is now injured. Some guy named Ben DiNucci is in the game and the Cowboys D can't tackle anybody. If Jerry Jones cared about winning Kaepernick and Eric Reed are right here with a picture of Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. So that I saw that on Twitter. I found that pretty interesting, but, um, uh, do I, uh, do I think Dallas is going to make a move for another quarterback or someone? I don't think so. But is it a possibility? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ma made a move before the trade deadline. But being how Dallas is, I don't think that's going to happen. The problem is, is that, you know, uh, you don't even know where to start with how bad the team is. We don't, okay? But this game against the Washington football team, things just got worse. I mean, I don't even remember the last... Okay, I think this was the, the last time the Cowboys got shut out, like, well, or, or didn't score a touchdown. It was like it actually happened last year, but... The fact that C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup were 
invisible in this game. I mean, C.D. Lamb really had a horrible game. This is probably the he's only a rookie, but this is probably his, the first, this is probably going to go as the worst career uh, game so far. He had at least three drops. Am I mad at C.D.? No. Am I disappointed in him? No. I I, I can't throw him under the bus. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I can't, I'm probably a little bit, but you know, he had at the same time. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm disappointed in him. He sucks. I'm not going to say that because that's not fair. He had one. He has a bad game. He's not gonna be perfect. It just you know, it wasn't a good day for him. And you know, and that's part of the rookie system. You're gonna have bad games. You gotta learn how to learn how to get over them. And if he has somehow a good game against Philadelphia, then obviously he's learned his lesson. He got over it. He got better. We leave it at that. But the fact is, and, and, and you know, it's like, like I said, with, with an offensive line in, in, in its current state, you know, nothing nothing right's gonna happen. Okay. I mean, there's no running game, no passing game. The quarterback's gonna get sacked. There's the high risk of turnovers. The offense is bland. It's not gonna get anywhere. It's gonna be stuck in the mud. It's gonna be like a jeep stuck yeah, in the mud. It uh, can't get out. Yeah, that that receiving game for Dallas. She can't win a football game when you can't run the football and can't throw to targets. And um, yeah, I I just think. Dallas really needs a change somehow, some way. I, I, I think, in my opinion, I think Kellen Moore really needs to go or the play calling needs to switch to start. But there's a lot more that Dallas needs to do in order to become a better franchise um, from this game, the culture, and everything. Well, number one, yeah, you're right. I th- I don't say fire Kellen Moore. I well, the problem is, you know, I said earlier with that conservative play calling he had on that play after that sixty-six yard uh, kickoff return by Pollard. I mean, that is a reminiscent of Jason Garrett's play calling uh, scenario here in Dallas. Okay, we need to get the reminiscence of the Jason Garrett play calling out of Dallas. Okay, so Josh is absolutely right. I think Kellen Moore needs to relinquish the play calling duties. To Mike McCarthy, the reason why? Because Kellen Moore can learn a lot from Mike McCarthy, okay? If, if those fans who are listening that want Mike McCarthy's head, you got to understand why you're wrong, okay? Firing Mike McCarthy would not do anything because who the hell is going to replace him, okay? But if somebody does need to get fired, I think it has to be Michael. And the defensive coordinator, even though it's his first year, look, there's nothing right going on. The players, from what I understand, the players don't understand his scheme. Okay, this is from one of my uh, one of my sources who's also a sports writer. I mean, that's how he does his research. I mean, he's probably I don't know if he's right or wrong. I'm not gonna say he is or not because you know this is just a source. But in 2005, when Nolan was uh, when Mike was the uh, defensive coordinator of the 49ers in th- back in 2005, the 49ers had the worst defense in the league, if I'm correct. Okay, it seems like he's there's no there's not much change. So the guy needs the guy needs to go. I'm with all due respect. And if that happens, I mean, it probably would have happened already. I mean, I if he would have been fired, maybe we would have found out already. Or maybe, or maybe we'll, if it happens, we'll find out tomorrow morning. But I really doubt it will. So if he's fired, if it turns out that he is, the question is who gets called in. And and I did talk to some of my friends about that. One of them strongly suggests Wade Phillips. I don't know if, if I'm on board with that or not. But... I talked to uh, a friend of mine who's, who's been a, a, show, um, a guest on the show, Wiley, a.k.a. The Venomous Stare. He strongly advises against Wade Phillips. He does not want Wade Phillips. He says, 
if if, it's, if it was possible, I, I believe in his view, he would love to have Rex Ryan be the defensive coordinator. But that would be great. But I knowing Rex Ryan, he would love to be more of a head coach than than a coordinator. But if if it turns out it would work, then fine, I'm all for it. But but the bottom line is this: is there has to be changes made, even though I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. But Mike Nolan's going to have to be fired between now and the end of the season. We can't go on with this guy. I mean, I, I don't, mean, I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm sorry. That's just the way you see it. And as far as Kellen Moore goes, he needs to relinquish the play calling duties. Mike McCarthy needs to sit him down in the office and say, "Look, you're a young guy. Obviously, you need to learn a little more. I'm going to call the place for this this season, and I'm going to teach you a lot. It would do Kellen Moore a lot of good, if you ask me. A lot of fans might think I'm an idiot for saying this, but I really believe if Kellen Moore relinquishes the play calling duties to Mike McCarthy." Mike McCarthy can teach him a lot of things, and it's definitely going to impact Kellen Moore positively going forward. Um, whoever mentioned Wade Phillips coming back to Dallas, I really don't think that's a good idea. Because yeah, I'm just going to say it straight up. Wade Phillips was a terrible coach in Dallas from what I've seen. And yeah, uh, it, it could be different because he would be the defensive coordinator. But bringing back a former head coach that did not do well in Dallas, I don't think that's a good idea. And um, uh, I can't recall his name, but um, the 49ers defensive coordinator, um, um, Robert Sala, and he was on the market. And teams were looking at him, and I believe Dallas – didn't even consider him. And it, it, he was potentially going to try to find a new team either either as a head coach or a coordinator somewhere. But um, that I really feel like if Dallas were to pick Sala up, that would really be a great investment. But um, uh, other than that, I, I can't agree more. Kellen Moore is young. And I, I really don't agree after seeing Dallas's gameplay with Kellen Moore getting kept on staff from Jason Garrett's uh, coaching staff last season. I think when a coach gets fired, you need to clear the entire house and bring in a whole new set of coaching staff. And th that's just my opinion, but um, uh, I really think it it's not good to keep a former coach from the last coach's era on staff okay i mean that's a, that's a good point but but I, I don't see a change happening because of uh because of a quote that mike mccarthy said i mean he was asked if it was appropriate to consider a change in defensive coordinator position and and he said and i quote it hasn't crossed my mind i'm focused on getting better each and every day so you know that's where we are end quote that's an indicator, but at the end of the day, I mean, Jerry Jones, you know, since Jerry Jones, you know, has to say, you know, if Jerry Jones decides to do it, then fine, but but I just don't see it happening. But at the same time, I really don't know who would be the perfect suitable candidate. And as far as the head coaching position goes, you know, the, a lot of tweets came out today criticizing the Cowboys for their hiring process because they only interviewed two guys. Now I want to. I need to since I did some research last year. I wrote a couple of pieces. I wrote a piece on who would be the best uh, suit. You know, they interviewed. Uh, who was it? It was Marvin Lewis. They aside from Mike McCarthy, they interviewed Marvin Lewis. I was Marvin Lewis would not have. I mean, I respect the guy. 
But I just don't think him and Dallas would have worked out at all. I think the Mike McCarthy hiring is still a good is still a good way to go. Because Mike McCarthy's resume speaks for itself. And the problem is the Cowboys knew if because McCarthy was going to interview with the Browns, I think. I mean, he was or with the Jets. I'm not sure. He had a couple of other interviews lined up. The Cowboys knew that if they did not hire him right away, the other the other team would make better offers and steal him. So the Cowboys could not pass on that. But at the end of the day, also, a lot of the candidate, the rumored candidates, you know, I think Lincoln Riley, the head coach of Oklahoma, was was on their list. As is uh, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the Wolverines. I'm sure those two would have interviewed for the job, but they wouldn't have accepted it. So, so really, it, it, Mike McCarthy was really the best option. Unless there's somebody else I'm missing, but as far as I'm concerned, Mike McCarthy was the best option. Yeah, I, I mean, any way you look at this, there has to be a change from somewhere. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know when, but something needs to change um, for Dallas in order to become a better football team. We'll just have to see. How, we'll just have to wait. Really, how the season plays out. But the first thing to do is fire the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like they need a new defensive coordinator. Dallas's defense in years past has played better, but with all the injuries and stuff, Dallas's defense just does not look good. Yeah, yeah. And as we wrap up the coaching talk, you know, a lot of people want the defensive line coach fired. Uh, I think Jim Tom Sula, I believe he's the defensive, uh, the defensive line coach. Look, I can't point the finger at him. I mean, look, so the, if the defensive line are unable to get to the quarterback, that's not on him, okay? Okay, he's not going to go out there and say, I'm going to teach you how to sack the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, come on, you should know how to sack the quarterback, okay? You need to know, I mean, that's the talent you develop on your own. I mean, a defensive line should know on his own how to get to the quarterback. It's not on. It's not on the defensive line coach that, that the, the very dangerous defensive line always get outsmarted by the opposing quarterback or get humiliated by the op- op- um, opposing offensive line. So I mean, really, like a lot of Cowboy fans, you know, from my perspective or from my experience, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm not gonna call them out and say, "Oh, you're a bunch of idiots." I'm not. I'm, I'm not like that. I'm a sports writer. I'm objective, you know, and I'm professional. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say that. Respectfully, I don't agree with it, but really, at the end of the day, really, they're just really upset. They're frustrated, and I get it. I totally do. I mean, I even <laughs> I'm still a fan, and I'm and, and I'm upset and frustrated too. But you know, we just have to see how things go, and you know, all we can do is just wait and see. I mean, the, we, I have no say so. Absolutely. So okay. Now that we wrap up this, now we, I want to talk about what you think your Washington football team could have done better to have better results on the team as far as you're concerned. Well, that, that's really tough because the Kyle Allen looked great. Um, Antonio Gibson, he had a spectacular game uh, for this Washington team, but uh, most of their scoring for Washington came in the first half, starting with that um, sack, uh, that forced fumble that led to a safety, and then they just went on a roll. But the third and fourth quarter, Washington only put up three points. And you look at this, and this could have been a prime opportunity for Dallas 
to try to come back, make hay, and possibly win this football game. But Dallas being as bad as they were, they didn't score another point. So the second half was more just like back and forth. But uh, Washington played a little bit more conservative the second half, which I didn't like to see. Um, Defense looked good. But uh, I want to say Washington had some injuries that I'm hoping we can get these guys back soon. Unfortunately, reports are saying not confirmed that Landon Collins is out with a torn hamstring. He will uh, uh, hamstring or Achilles, and he's gone the rest of the season, which stinks. Landon Collins has been playing decent for Washington. I feel for the guy, but um, uh, he was a key guy that um, I wish he wouldn't have went down. Montez Sweat with a uh, concussion injury. Morgan Moses, he went out with an injury. So still, some injuries for Washington that uh, possibly played a key in how they went conservative the second half. But all in all, Washington's going into a bye week this upcoming week. So they have time to get healthy. But... um. Uh, you know, still the play calling. I really do love Riverboat Ron's mentality going forward on fourth down in close yardage. They actually tried going for fourth. Kyle Allen did the hard count, and Dallas jumped on one of them. So that really helps. I love Riverboat Ron's mentality there, calling close fourth down plays instead of just punting for it. Because this Washington football team, two and five in this terrible division, uh, 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 what do you really have to lose? And um, I, I see that, and I'm like, that's aggressive play calling that Washington needs. And so uh, most of the times I've seen this season, Washington has converted, but other times they end up short. But I just really didn't like to see the conservative gameplay in the second half for Washington. But other than that, I saw a really good offensive and defensive football game from the Washington football team. Even though Dallas is not well on both sides of the football, I I was just really impressed. They played with heart. They played with pride. And they played really different from weeks past from what I've seen. Well said, and you know, and in the case of Washington, you know, they snapped a five-game losing streak. We needed that. We needed that win in the division. Absolutely, and and I believe no Washington's now second in the NFC East, and Philadelphia's still on top. Yeah, it's just a crazy NFC East. If the division were to end today, I saw Philly would be hosting a playoff game. Insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane how horrible this division is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there, I don't think there's a worse division in football than the NFC East. And the, uh, sort of that's where it gets more exciting because the lower records in under 500, there's a lot more shifting going on in the division as in winning and losing games. And Washington 2-5, and five, they're in second place. 
like when have you seen a two and five team be in second place? That's insane. You rarely see it. And in this division, anything can happen. I, I think it's anybody's ball game except for the Giants. I, I think the Giants have just gotten off to a really bad start. Their only win against Washington. But I, it could be anybody's division. Uh, I, I think the Giants are too far out, but still, it could be anybody's division. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Why? Because, like I said, I don't see Dallas win, winning another game. So that, that, that's the only thing I disagree You said it's anybody's di- division, dude. Now, I mean, I mean, I don't mean any disrespect, but you know what I mean. I'm sorry, but I cannot see Dallas win- winning another game because of how disoriented they are, all the doubts, all the holes that need to be filled, all the injuries, no, the lack of heart, the lack of passion, the lack of aggression, the lack of concentration. I mean, it's like they don't even want to play football, for God's sake. And you yeah, know, I, a I lot can't... of people are arguing, like, saying, you know, the defense is not the problem from this game. Like, well... Yeah, they made stops, but they couldn't force turnovers. They can get to the quarterback enough. They could not, you know. And these pen- the penalties, for God's sake. I mean, I don't know if that's on the coach, but or you know, Stavon Diggs getting torched on that fifty-yard pass, like right before, like he uh, he taunts the Washington player, and then on the next play, he gets roasted. Okay, if the defensive coordinator can't get his players together, can't get it together with the players, I mean, it's not all his fault. But if he can't maintain law and order and get control, he needs to go. That's why. I mean, and it's been like that all season. It's been all, like that all, all season. So if the defense didn't have a, a, as bad of a game, what makes you? Th- what difference does it make? Overall, the defense is still absolutely horrible. Well, I was saying that more in a general sense that a bad division, it still could be anybody's game because if the teams are all bad in this division – one win can make all the difference in the world. And even if you're under 500, somebody is still winning that NFC East. And right now, I still feel like it could be anybody's division. And uh, I respect uh, that you said Dallas won't win another game. But who knows what can happen? Maybe Dallas will pull off an upset or something like that. Because these teams right now have nothing to lose because you see this more from bad teams with um, starts under 500. You see the bad teams, and they go out and take more risks. And you might see this more and more from NFC East teams because it seems like they have nothing to lose. Okay. Well, let me ask you. Okay. So you still believe Dallas is capable of winning games and perhaps pulling an upset. So then, I gotta ask you, what do you think Dallas's final record will be? Well, I I'm not really. I mean, I'm just saying anything can happen. Um, D- Dallas, I I feel like they could win maybe two or three more games if they step it up, you know. But I I, I can't say. D- Dallas is going to make hay or anything. It, you know what I mean? But, I I, I mean, lo- looking at the future in this league, there have been a lot of crazy games. And who knows if Dallas can be in one of those crazy games and may- maybe make something happen, maybe make a miracle happen. 
You saw with the Washington football team against the Giants, Washington could have easily won that football game, and they decide to go for the two-point conversion, and they fail. Stuff like that. Washington was the better football team in that game with a better record. They were playing decent, and they lost that game. Yeah, something like that. Um, Dallas, I, um, I'd say maybe final record four and twelve. Okay. I I, mean, I, I feel I, like I, they I could go at least you, four and twelve. You said it. It makes sense. Uh, did, oh, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but you know. Yeah, what you just said makes sense. Like you said, because you said exactly what I said. If they put an effort, and I said it as horrible, as depleted as the offensive line is, if they just put the effort, if they just focus more and show no fear, there could be better results. Anybody can succeed in the NFL. As long as you've got the heart, as long as you're motivated, you want to go out there and play football, you can do it, guys. So if the offensive line is by any chance listening to this, guys. Don't be scared. Just go out there, block, maintain discipline, you know, do your jobs, okay? Because, guys, as depleted as the whole situation is, you guys could do better if you just try to, okay? If you quit, you quit, it's only going to get worse for you, and you're not going to feel good about it. That And that's the point that Josh just made, you know, but, but I'm sorry, but because this whole team is unhappy, I mean, we saw those, you know, calling out the coaches with the whole situation, there's no passion, there's no heart, there's no leadership. That's why I can't see him winning, winning another game. It's like I said, the whole the, the whole key is the team is completely disoriented. The whole team is in disarray. It's like I, I describe it. One shiny glass vase, it fell, it's shattered into millions of pieces. There's no gluing it back together. It's gone. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I can agree with that, but in, in this league... You see a lot of great gameplay, and you see a lot of incredible finishes and unthinkable teams winning. And sometimes you look at a game and you see this top team and this bottom-of-the-barrel team playing like, oh, this team can easily pull it off, but... Anything can happen. It's sports. And the one thing I love about sports is the miracles and the upsets that are pulled off in sports. So that was one of the main reasons why I brought up that point. But once again, you could be right. And Dallas could not win another game the rest of this season. But that's just my thought on the whole thing. See, and I got to work. uh, And I got to explain, like, you know, those Cowboy fans are saying if we – Get tre- get the number of our picks. We get Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, well, there's no way. Even if the even if we're at the number of overall picks, somehow we're not getting Trevor Lawrence because you know the whole thing with Prescott. I mean, if we got Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott, it's like too. It's having too many chefs in the kitchen. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna go know what the scenario is, but right now it looks like if we do, it does look like Dallas is gonna get a top five, the first round draft pick. So. But the guy I'm looking at right now, uh, or you know, that's that's basically the guy for the Dallas. Is this dude from uh, Oregon? Forgot I, I can't really pronounce his his name, but I, I believe he's an offensive line. That that would probably be the first thing. To, the first thing. Oh, his name is uh, Penai Sewell, an offensive t- tackle from Oregon. I, ho- I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. But I mean, there's more than than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, even if we get a quarterback, I mean, I get it. Lawrence is the best, but. 
we just have to, you know, scout out the possibility and, you know, just have to wait and see. Well, yeah, yeah. what I have to say about that, Trevor Lawrence, he is a phenomenal quarterback. But uh, I, I think a lot of teams in the NFL uh, think, oh, yeah, if we draft this number one overall quarterback, he's going to be the miracle. He's going to be the overall savior and win us a championship. But that's not true. You draft a quarterback, and most of these teams throw him in their system, and they expect them to come out and perform well. And that's not the case. You need to build the system around the quarterback so he can have the best success. And uh, I think a lot of teams just don't see that. So if, if that's the case, if Dallas goes for the number one overall pick with Trevor Lawrence, I if Trevor Lawrence goes to the draft, um, yeah, that, that's what you have to do to build a brand new franchise quarterback. I mean, Trevor Lawrence made it clear, apparently. He does not want anything to do with the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, because that's what my friend said today. I mean, but he never said nothing about the Dallas Cowboys. So based on what you just said, if the, if the Cowboys do draft Trevor Lawrence, it would be good for him that if he spends maybe one or two years or a couple of years under Dak Prescott and learns from him. So if the Cowboys, it's basically the same thing with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Is, is that what you're suggesting? Um, yes, that, that was perfect. Perfect example right there. Aaron Rodgers gets drafted sort of similar with Aaron Rodgers and, uh, Jordan, uh, Bryce Love, uh, Green Bay drafted him this past draft as a backup learning under one of the best in Aaron Rodgers. That is the perfect way to build a quarterback up. Yeah, uh, uh, hands a genius, down, genius, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hands down. That's one. That's how you do it. Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest to ever do it. You look at Tom Brady, and he was under Drew Bledsoe, and Drew Bledsoe got injured, and we all know how that ended up. We all know how that ended up. But you see some teams. Uh, I'm going to bring up RG3 again as another example. Washington threw him in there and expected him to perform, give his life on the line. He ended up tearing his ACL in the wild card game against Seattle. And they just expected him to go out, carry the team, and win a Super Bowl. That's not how you do it. Exactly. And, you know, here's another example. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo under Tom Brady. Or Steve Young under Joe Montana. It's uh -huh. looked before, so... I mean, a lot of Cowboy fans are probably calling us idiots because we're suggesting this, but if there is to get Trevor Lawrence, if and if, if, they, the, plan, if the plan is, if they're number one overall pick, keep Dak Prescott, sign him, and then tr draft Trevor Lawrence to do the same scenario as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana and Steve Young, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom, you know, Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, you, you get the idea, then fine. But at the same time, the problem is the quarterback may not be our greatest need. It's probably going to be an offensive lineman because, when the, what, because you know, the Cowboys know when they have a horrible offensive lineman, they have to draft one in the, top, in the high rounds to build that running game. 
But for now, we have we have to see how the season plays out. We have to wait and see. But right now, it's yeah. for sure that an offensive line is definitely one of our top needs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, one, um, I think it starts with the O line and protecting the quarterback because if you don't have a good O line, your quarterback's not going to get protected. Exactly. And right now, you know, right now, uh, the possibility of, of Dallas drafting uh, the offensive tackle Penai Sewell for, out of the University of Oregon, I kind of like that. Although, unfortunately, he's not playing this year. He opted out of his junior season because of the pandemic. And he's already declared for the 2021 NFL Draft. Since he's one of the most highly regarded prospects, if he's there, Dallas should, you know, consider it. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to go into much detail on this, but I really think with this pandemic and everything, I feel like the 2021 draft class is really going to be different because you look at some college teams, um, Ohio state in their conference of the big 10, they just started this past week. Other teams started earlier. Some teams still aren't playing. So I, I feel like the draft class is really going to get affected by how this pandemic has hurt these college, these college conferences, in my opinion. So uh, one thing to look out for, I'm not, that, that's a discussion for another day, but that, that's just my take on it. I mean, yeah, exactly. We just have to wait and see how the whole thing plays out. But, but right now, uh, as we wrap it up... Um, so, as far as where the Cowboys go from here, well, like I said, I don't see them winning another game. I'm just saying, you know what? Finish season out. You know, I mean, don't, I mean, tanking is never a good thing, but you just, you know, go out there, at least have the heart to put up an effort as you can, even, even if the odds are stacked against you. You know, don't quit. Try your hardest. You're going to feel good about it, man. I want this offensive line. Please, guys, try your best. Same defense. Try harder. Be more disciplined. Come on, guys. I mean, you're playing. For, you're playing for. You're living your dream. You're playing in the NFL. You know. Come on. You've worked so hard to get. To, you, you've worked so hard to get this opportunity. Why would you want to waste it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. Well, so as we wrap it up, do you have anything to say? Uh, anything else to say about your Washington football team, Mr. Kirby? Well, I really, really enjoyed watching them win. I have a lot of friends who are Cowboys fans, so I had to go out and rub it in their faces. Right, but well, uh, you know, take it easy on know, them, all right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know it, it was just a great day of football. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I really didn't. Th- I honestly did not think Washington would go out and. Play this good and beat Dallas, and Dallas only putting up three points. I really thought it could have been a closer margin. I, I, I was very scared because I thought Dallas had a chance to win. Because, uh, in, in my opinion, these NFC East division games are a toss up. Anything can happen because these division games are played a lot differently with a lot more heart and emotion that goes into each and every week. But I, I mean, other than that, it was a great win. And Dallas obviously has a lot of stuff they need to work on. But it, all in all, it was a really great football day. 
and I, I'm wrapping up my day watching the Sunday night game and the World Series on split-screen TV. So my, my Sunday has been pretty good. Um, even if my team loses, I, I still enjoy watching football and all sports each and every Sunday. I mean, same here. I mean, really, you know, I'm a sports writer, you know, podcaster, so I'm objective, I'm professional, so I'm, I'm not the fan I was 10 years ago. Like, if I was still there, I would be right now locked in my room or, you know, locked away in, you know, my apartment, whatever. I would be in a reclusive state, would not want to talk to anybody. So I'm glad I'm not like that anymore because, you know, at this point, I'm just like, you know, they lost. I need to talk about why. I need to do my job. I need to do what I went to school for, and I'm proud of it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I still had a good day. And, you know, and really – the best part, the most exciting part was, you know, coming here to talk football with you again, dude. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Keep on doing what you do best. I really appreciate you having me on. And um, it's uh, it's great connecting with you. Uh, it, it's really been fun doing this. And the next time Washington plays Dallas, we'll be stuffing our faces with turkey on Turkey Day. Uh, Washington and Dallas has been getting a lot of Thanksgiving Day matchups over these past 10 years, in my opinion. I really think that's been really interesting. Uh, Washington and Dallas has really, uh, on Thanksgiving, has really been a treat to watch some years. Washington hasn't played so well. Other years, Washington has played great. But uh, it's going to be fun to see Washington on Thanksgiving. It's always great watching football on Thanksgiving, stuffing your face with turkey. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know... um, it's going to be fun, Washington, with a much-needed bye week. And the Cowboys have the Eagles next Sunday night. So that's going to be another yeah. huge game in the division that we got to watch out for. Well, I can't see them winning that game. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Josh, I want to thank you so much once again for coming back to the show. I look forward to having you again in the future. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate the time, man. Keep on doing what you do best and stay safe out there. Same thing goes to you. Keep working hard. Keep grinding. The future is going to be bright. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody, y'all have a happy Sunday. Have a good night. We'll see y'all soon.